listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's reading, head on over to Facebook and find the group for the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. Now let us thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir aflame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 133, and we are reading from chapter 27 of volume 2, book 3. We are reading paragraphs 351 to 358. 351. Much dismayed by the discomfitures of the preceding hosts, the spirits of envy approached. Though they could not estimate the full perfection of the deeds of the Mother of Sanctity, they nevertheless felt her invincible strength. They had seen her so unmovable that they almost despaired of enticing her to any of the wicked purposes. Nevertheless, the insatiate hatred of the dragon and his immeasurable pride would not yield. They laid new plots in order to provoke the lady, most beloved of the Lord and of men, to envy in others what she herself possessed, and even what she abhorred as useless and dangerous. They drew up a long list of natural blessings possessed by others and denied to her, and as they thought that supernatural gifts would move her more, they mentioned great spiritual favors and blessings which the Almighty had conferred upon others and not upon her. But how could these lying representations move her, who was the mother of all the graces and gifts of heaven? For the blessings of all the creatures taken together were less than her single privilege of being the mother of the author of grace. Precisely because his majesty had so favored her, and because the fire of his charity burned within her, she ardently desired that the hand of the Most High enrich and favor her fellow men, so much the more. How then could envy find room? where charity abounded. 1 Corinthians 13.4 But the fierce enemies would not desist. They pictured to the queen the apparent happiness of those who in their riches and good fortune considered themselves happy and exalted by the world. They induced several persons to approach Most Holy Mary and describe her the consolation of being rich and well-to-do as if this deceitful happiness of mortals had not been condemned so often in holy scriptures, Psalm 48, and as if contempt of riches had not been the very science and doctrine which the Queen of Heaven and her Most Holy Son had come to exemplify in their lives for the benefit of the whole world. 352. Those persons who came to our Heavenly Mother were exhorted by her, to use the temporal goods and riches well, and to give thanks for them to the author of all good. She herself fulfilled this duty, making up for the habitual ingratitude of men. 
Although the Most Humble Lady judged herself unworthy of the least of the blessings of the Most High, yet her own sanctity and exalted dignity in point of fact gave witness to the words of Holy Scriptures, saying in her name, With me are glorious riches and justice, for my fruit is better than gold and precious stone. Proverbs 8.18 In me is all the grace of the way and the truth. In me is all the hope of life and of virtue. Ecclesiastes 24.25 In this exalted excellence of virtue, she conquered all her enemies, astonishing and confusing them by this very experience. For they were made to feel that where they had exerted their greatest force and their deepest cunning, they gained least and experienced the greatest repulse. 353. Nevertheless, the demons stubbornly persisted and proceeded with the seventh temptation, which was that of the idleness. They sought to cause in her a corporeal indisposition or a feeling of weakness and fatigue accompanied by dejection of spirit. This is a trick of Satan. Little known and under its cover, the sin of laziness causes much ruin among souls and prevents much progress in virtue. They suggested, moreover, that she postpone some of the exercises on account of weariness in order to be able to perform them so much the better after having rested. This, too, is one among many other tricks of Satan, and we do not often discover it or know what to do against it. They also sought maliciously to hinder the Most Holy Lady in some exercises by means of human creatures, whom they sent to visit her at unseasonable times, trying to impede the performance of some of her holy exercises and occupations at the time and hour set for them. But all these delusions were detected by the most prudent and alert princess. She evaded them by her wise precautions, without permitting the enemy to succeed in any of them, and acting in all things up to the standard of the most exquisite perfection. Her enemies were obliged to desist, hopelessly foiled and repulsed. Lucifer was full of rage against his companions and against himself, but in their fury and insane pride they resolved to make one more general assault upon Mary as I will relate in the following chapter. Instruction given to me by the Most Holy Queen Mary. 3.54 My daughter, although thou hast only very briefly summed up my lengthy battle against temptations, I wish that from what thou hast written and from what thou knowest otherwise concerning these things, thou learn the manner of resisting and overcoming the powers of hell. The surest way of fighting the demon is to despise him, looking upon him as the enemy of the Most High, who has lost all fear of God and all hope of good, who in his stubbornness has deprived himself of all means of recovery, and is without sorrow for his wickedness. Relying on this indubitable truth, thou shouldst show thyself far superior to him, exalted and unflinching in thy thoughts, and treat him as a contemner of the honor and worship of his God. Knowing that thou art defending so just a cause, do not let thy courage sink, but resist and counteract him with great strength and valor in all his attempts, as if thou wert fighting at the side of the Lord himself. For there is no doubt that his majesty assists all those that enter loyally into his battles. Thou art truly in good hope and in the way of eternal life glory, as long as thou laborest faithfully for the Lord and God. 3.55 
Remember then that the demons detest and abominate that which thou desirest and lovest, namely the honor of God and thy eternal felicity, that they are striving to deprive thee of that which they cannot restore to themselves. God has reprobated the demon while he offers to thee his grace, his virtues, and his strength in order to overcome his and thy enemy and to procure for thee the happy end of eternal peace. Only thou must work faithfully and keep the commandments of the Lord. The arrogance of the dragon is great, Isaiah 16.6, yet his weakness is greater, and he does not represent more than a weak atom in the face of the divine power. Yet at his cunning and malice far exceed that of mortals, Job 41.21. It is not advisable to allow the soul to bandy words with him whether he is present invisibly or visibly, for from his darksome mind, as from a smoking furnace, issue the shadows of confusion, obscuring the judgments of mortals. If they listen to him, he will fill their minds with deceits and darkness, so that they will neither recognize the truth and the beauty of virtue, nor the vileness of his poisonous falsehoods. Thus the soul will be made unable to distinguish the precious from the worthless, life from death, truth from error, Jeremiah fifteen nineteen, and they easily fall into the clutches of this fierce and wicked dragon. 3.56 In temptation let it be thy invariable course not to attend to anything which he proposes, not to listen, not to argue with him concerning aught. If thou canst withdraw and place thyself at a distance, so as not to perceive or recognize his wicked attempts, so much the more secure thou wilt be, for thus looking upon him only at a distance. The demon always seeks to prepare the way for his deceits, especially in souls which he fears will resist his entrance, unless he can thus facilitate his approach. He is accustomed to begin by causing sorrow or dejection of heart, where he makes use of other trickery or snares, by which he diverts or withdraws the soul from the love of the Lord. Then he comes with his poison concealed in the golden cup in order to diminish the horror of the soul. As soon as thou notest in thyself any of these signs, for thou hast thy experience, obedience, and instructions for a guide, I wish that with the wings of the dove thou direct thy flight to the high refuge of the Almighty. Psalm 54, seven, Calling upon him for aid and proffering the merits of thy most holy Son, to me also shouldst thou fly for protection, as I am thy mother and teacher, and to thy devoted angels, and to all the rest of the advocates of the Lord. Quickly close up thy senses, and consider thyself as dead to them, or as a soul already belonging to the other life, whither the jurisdiction and the exacting tyranny of the serpent does not reach. Occupy thyself so much the more earnestly in the exercise of the virtue contrary to the vices to which he tempts, and especially in acts of faith, hope, and love, which dispel cowardice and doubt and weaken the influence of discouragement and fear in the human heart. 3.57 The arguments for overcoming Lucifer thou must seek in God alone, and do not disclose them to your enemy, lest he meet thee with fallacies and confusing pretense, Besides knowing it to be dangerous, esteem it as unworthy of thee to argue with him openly, or to pay particular attention to him, who is not only the enemy of thy beloved, but also of thee. Show thyself superior to him, and high-mindedly apply thyself to the practice of all virtues. Be content with this treasure, and withdraw thyself, for the most skillful battle of the Son of God consists in flying farthest from evil. 
The devil is proud and is deeply hurt by contempt and the presumption of his arrogance and vanity. He desires above all the attention of men. On this account, he is so persistent in pursuing us step by step, for in his deceitfulness he cannot rely upon the force of truth, but on his persistence, counterfeiting of the good and the true. As long as this slave of wickedness is not despised, he never believes himself discovered, and he continues like an inopportune, like an importunate fly, to buzz about the spot tainted by the greatest corruption. 358. Not less warily must thou conduct thyself when thy enemy makes use of other creatures for thy destruction. This he does in two ways, either leading them on to immoderate love or to undue dislike or hatred. As soon as thou notest a disorderly affection in those with whom thou conversest, observe the same precaution as in flying from the demon. Yet with this difference that while thou hatest him as thy enemy, Thou consider the others as God's creatures, to whom thou must not deny the consideration due to them on account of his majesty. But in as far as withdrawing from them is concerned, act as if they were thy enemies. For in regard to the service which the Lord requires of thee, and in regard to thy present condition, it is the devil who operates in these persons toward separating thee from thy God and from thy duty. If, on the other hand, they hate and persecute thee, answer them with meekness and love, praying for them with intimate affection of thy heart. Matthew 5.44 If it should be necessary, soothe the wrath of thy persecutors with sweet words, and undeceive those who are led astray by false reports. Do this not in order to excuse thyself, but in order to pacify thy brothers and for their inward and outward peace. Thus thou wilt at one and in the same time conquer thyself, and those who hate thee, in order to be well practiced in this way of acting, it is necessary to cut off the very roots of the capital sins, to tear them out, and to die to the movements of the appetites. For in these appetites, the seven capital vices to which the devil leads men are rooted, and in these disorderly and undisciplined passions, he sows the germs of the seven sins. This concludes our reading today from the Mystical City of God for day number 133. We read from chapter 27 of volume 2, book 3, paragraphs 351 to 358. Again, as Mary is being tempted by the evil ones in our reading today, it shows us how we are tempted too in some manner. One of the temptations she faced, they induced several persons to approach Most Holy Mary and describe to her the consolation of being rich and well-to-do. So trying to tell Mary, well, you know, you're so lowly, you're so poor, don't you want to be rich? And that's one of those jealousies or envies that enter into our own life, that we look at the other person and we say, they have a really nice house, they have a nice car. Here I am, my car has 150,000 miles. I live in a house that I can't even afford that maybe I'm going to get evicted from. You know, and so there are these thoughts then that when we look at the other, there's this temptation. And so then when we have this temptation where we're looking at what others have and what we don't have, well, what do you think it might lead us to do? Could lead us to cut corners so that maybe we save a few pennies here and maybe the way we cut corners is illegal. 
It might have us do illegal things. Maybe you begin selling things that you're not supposed to. Maybe you steal things because you want these things. So we shouldn't look at the other and have this temptation of saying, I want what they have. But rather, it moves us to gratitude for what it is that God has given us. Nevertheless, the demon stubbornly persisted and proceeded with the seventh temptation, which was that of idleness. Now, idleness is one of those words that often uh, strikes me because Our Lady appeared in Champion, Wisconsin to Adele Bryce. And Our Lady said to Adele, why are you standing here in idleness while your companions are working in the vineyard of my son? So to be idle means that we are not active. To be idle means we're not doing what it is that God is calling us to do. And so we want to reject idleness. It's very easy. You know, we could maybe call this laziness too. I want to sit in my chair and I want to binge watch some show that I started watching on Netflix or HBO Max or or Hulu, or whatever platform you watch TV shows on. But what could I be doing in that idleness when I'm sitting there in the chair watching that television show? I could be reading a book. I could be doing acts of service and charity to others. There's so much I could be doing in that idle time. Now, I believe we need time to recreate and but if we're binging, if it's seven hours in a chair, if we're neglecting things, if we're idle, well, we need to look at that and say, I'm giving in to the temptation of the evil one in this situation. I really enjoyed the instruction that Our Lady gave to Maria of Agreda. Here's the surest way of fighting the demon. Despise him, looking upon him as the enemy of the Most High. We also heard that wise counsel that we should quickly... Turn to the intercession of Our Lady and to the angels and to the holy saints and everything. And so Mary is giving us a guide. She's helping us as we face temptation. Every day we pray, lead us not into temptation. And let us pray that today. And as we pray those words, we say, well, dear Blessed Mother, as I pray the words your son Jesus taught, now you're helping me to recognize that temptation and what I must do in response. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful that you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.